Hi, Josh. So I have to say, this is starting off as one of my favorite episodes. There you've, we go. You've given us wine. Yeah. Seems to be a pretty expensive wine, but very good wine. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's not bad, right? It's a Marsan, the varietal. So we normally don't, as we were saying, but you know, we normally don't pour this much wine in a glass at one time, <laughs> but. You know, for yes. podcast reasons, not to go back and forth with the bottle, you know. Yeah, we were instructed to make sure it's yeah, already yeah. full so, you know. as you begin. Although I was expecting a wine glass full of breast milk. And I, got some, I got some <laughs> in the fridge if you want, if we can try. You know, we can make some coffee and, you know, use that as like the The, the creamer. Yeah. Okay, you need to walk me through. I know that you've told us a little bit about how we got to the trying breast milk conversation, mm-hmm. but I need a play by play. So it's how we got there and then also why you decided to tweet about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll say every I'll start with I'll start my response or explanation with I would say 85 percent of new dads at least wonder what breast milk tastes like. Right. So I wasn't I was I wondered I'm like, I wonder what it actually tastes like, et cetera. I was like, I'm not going to taste it. You know what I mean? So. We had family over that day, um, and they asked me, they're like, Did you try, have you tried Santa Breast? I'm like, no, I haven't tried it. And I was just joking around, like, if I ever try it, you know So the I mean? family I, asked. Yeah, the family okay. asked. So, and I was like, nah, but if I ever do, you know, I want the whole, the whole, you know, the whole charade. I want to be burped. I want to be cradled. I want, I want, I want everything. So <laughs> um, that was the conversation for like five, 10 minutes, and then, Somehow I got finesse into doing like a blind tasting. So we had like almond milk, a couple of flavors of almond milk, uh, uh, a creamer and, and that and breast milk. Um, so they like blindfolded me um, and I was I was trying the different ones and um, I tried it, obviously. And it was it was like vanilla flavored almond milk. That's how it tasted. Okay, wait. So you're blindfolded. You have a taste test. You have like all these cups in front mm-hmm. of you and you're just seeing which is which. Yep. And then they said, which one tastes the best or which one do you think is breast milk? They were like, which one do you think is breast milk? Um, and it was the last one I tasted. And I was like, I literally took the blindfold off after I tasted. I'm like, damn, I'm like, damn this is actually like, it's not bad. it doesn't taste bad. <laughs> I was like, this got to be the breast milk. And like, I just knew because like, it tasted the best out of all of them. And I was like, wow. I know this one's probably the breast milk because I heard it's like some people say it tastes like, like sweet mm-hmm. almond milk. Um, and that's how it, that, that's how it was. And I, I would just have, you know, I'm just, I'm gonna tweet it and just see what people think. So like, <laughs> I think people think like I'm out here just like indulging in almond milk 24 yeah. seven. You not, wake up in the morning, yeah, glass yeah, is ready. Exactly. Glass, Shout out to Shannon. <laughs> <glass> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, that's not it. You know, it was just like, uh, probably not even like, uh, wasn't even like a shot glass full of almond milk. I mean, uh, breast milk, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it wasn't bad. I'll say that. I will say this is what I thought was interesting. De'Aaron and CJ did not deny that they, they had tried it. it. They, they did, did not deny, deny it. it. So I, I'm telling you, every dad or mostly every dad at least wonders. And I would say six, 50% of dads at least try it. It's probably a little more. You, you would think, right? Yeah, because I would say... 50% admit to trying it. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, it was funny because I, I talked to my boy Bass about it like the next day. And it, it, he was looking like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, bro, I know you. And I know when you're in this stage, you're going to try it. He was like, oh, I'm going to try it. 
I'm just not going to tweet about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not going to tell the whole world <laughs> that gonna, I'm indulging. So, so people are definitely, at least, I'll say, trying it, taking a sip, and just kind of seeing how uh, how it is. So I also, for the record, did not think it was weird at all. And Thank I think you. most people didn't think it was weird, but it was funny to say it, it was, was weird. Hilarious. Yeah, it was just the hilarious. tweets were amazing. Oh I feel God. like I went I was, through. I'm so not many gonna of lie. Them. I was. I usually don't scroll and do like look at people's reply and all that, but I did, <laughs> and it was it was hilarious. <laughs> Is Jalen gonna follow you back? Have you had this conversation? Should, so Jalen actually, um, <laughs> he uh, we talk. Me, me and Jalen talk literally every day, um, and I think he actually right before that, oh no, right after he did it, we were on Facetime. And he was like, yo, check Twitter. And I saw that. I'm like, oh, this guy. <laughs> um, he loved it. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 he was, <laughs> we, we've had several conversations about it. And it, it's just, it's hilarious. You know what I think is so funny? So obviously I feel like you and Jalen are kind of framed as, you're like the carefree, fun one mm-hmm. who like loves to have a good time. And Jalen is more like buttoned up. I feel like Jalen is the same way, but we just don't see it. Is that accurate? Yes. Jalen okay. is finessing all you guys because Jalen <laughs> is the most immature, um, carefree, just always playing guy that you'll probably want to, like, that you'll ever meet. But once he, like, goes in front of the media, does the interviews, he's all <laughs> cool, calm, and composed, you know what I mean? Doesn't, doesn't praise himself, praises his teammates. Yeah. If you ask him about something that he did really well, he's going to be like, oh, you know, my guys put me in a good position. He's going to give you all that BS. But he, like, the real Jalen, and I think I tweeted it, like, like a week or so ago. I'm like, y'all don't know the real Jalen. I think I did Jalen and Mikhail. And Mikhail, yeah. Like, y'all don't know the real ones. Like, we literally (laughs) talk every day, and it's, we're playing literally nonstop. Okay, so give me an example. Like, what (laughs) is something about the real Jalen that we don't know or understand? Um... First off, he gets it from his parents. His okay. parents play all <laughs> day, especially his mom, Sandra. She plays all day. But he, like, <laughs> um, first off, I can say, my, uh, Shannon, my wife, for you guys that don't know, obviously we're all cool. And she, I think at one point she looked at me, she was like, if your friend calls you at 1 a.m., FaceTime you at 1 a.m. one more time. <laughs> literally, like, we talked, like, I don't want to say 24 times, but we talk all the time. But uh, this, uh, man, it, it's, <laughs> it's tough to put, like. I will somebody, say, you have we're, something we're, in your head yeah, that you're, like, not very, saying, so I'm going to need you to tell the story. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just, we're, we're both just very unfiltered. Um <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, we're both just very unfiltered. What is that. making you laugh? What is the story? Um, <laughs> how family friendly is this show? That's, no, it is not okay. at all. <laughs> it was, I was messing around, so obviously, like, I got uh, got the newborns, and I'm just I was messing with them, and I was changing, I was changing one of them, Hendrix, I think it was, and I'm on Facetime with him. He's crying. I'm just, and I just look at him like. Yo, my son's packing, and I flipped the camera. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I'm proud. I flipped the camera, and then he just started busting out laughing. Like, dog, that's the type of immature relationship that we have that y'all don't see. But, like, dog, it's like. I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> bro, I know. We play all day, bro. And it's just like a bunch of stuff like that. I would say the only thing that we have talked about on this show, a little crazier than that, 
was when I is, interviewed Israel Adesanya and I was talking about the craziest thing he had to do to cut weight. And he was like, I uh, had to bust a nut. I said, whoa, what? <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. I was like, I, I was like, okay. He did not want to go into details or specifics, <laughs> but so just so you feel better about okay, your story, this is, this is not an anomaly. I'll, I'll take, I'll take the, the crown show. of number two. Yeah. Number so now, now we know how you and Jalen actually are. <laughs> but no, it's genuinely been such a joy mm-hmm. watching you all on the same team because y'all are genuine friends. And I just think it shows in the press conferences and obviously on the court. But you had this quote about Jalen. You said, I think he kind of exceeded everyone's expectations but his own. Mm-hmm. What did you mean by that? Because um, if, if you know, like JB's journey, right? Obviously, like highly touted coming out, McDonald's on American, you know, this and the other. Had a very, very successful college career, probably one of the best. Um, I'll say one of the probably most decorated. Uh, college at you know basketball athlete probably in the last like you know 20 years 25 years and with that he still wasn't projected to be a first round pick he was um the most people projected him to be um uh, a solid piece coming off the bench you know running a team you know running the offense not doing anything too crazy not having too much weight on his shoulders um you know and then just you know, if he's stuck with a team, cool. If not, he was going to be a journeyman. He was going to be in the league. You just knew he was going to be in the league. Right. Right. But, but not like the star, not, the solid Yes, piece. not what he what he is now. Mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, he exceeded everyone's expectations, but his own and his family because, you know, he knows the work he puts in. You know what I mean? And me just knowing him at Nova and, and knowing him now, like I see the work he puts in. And um, one of my favorites, you know, just little parts or, or stories or whatever of him like was last year you know i think it was the morning of you know when free agency was about to start and obviously at that point he's you know projected to get you know 100 million dollars or whatever it is and we were both at uh at nova working out in the morning and i forgot what t- i, I might have got there like seven thirty or 8 and he's already in the in the gym working out doing all that and this is what, five, six hours before he was going to sign the big, you know, one of the biggest deals of his life, family's taken care of, kids taken care of. And he, he had that moment. You know, a lot of guys, you know, would be just chilling, just looking mm-hmm. at the clock, like just waiting. Yeah. yeah. And he's in there not just working out, but like going hard, doing all those things. So that that's my, you know, that's when I, you know, I knew before because I, you know, saw it, but that's when I was like, okay. And I told him then, I was like, yo. I know we play around, but like this is, you know, is, is really dope to see. I love that. Um, and, and that's just how he is. So I'm not surprised, you know, I'm not surprised where he is. I think 99.9% of the NBA were to R. Mm-hmm. And uh, that point one is um, Jalen, Rick, his dad, and, and I wouldn't even put myself in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably just those two. Mm-hmm. But he just has always had that belief in himself and his abilities. He, he's and never al- doubted that. He's always had it. And there's times like, you know, for like obviously our games are different. You know, in, in my game, you know, a lot of energy, um, physical. You know, so there's times like at the games, I'm just exhausted. You know, especially like in college. Like there was time in college, after a game, you know, you played 30, you know, 33 minutes. I'm sitting there tired bodies hurting doing all those i'm like i'm about to go to get something to eat. i'm like oh jb what you doing 
because you know, me and my dad about to go, you know, and Nova had the pavilion then uh, right across the street is Davis, um, where we practice at. And he was like, I'm about to go. I'm about to go to Davis. Me and my dad about to work out. And this is after a full, full blown game. Wow. And about to go work out. So I'm just like, fuck, like this dude is, this dude is he's different. Serious. He's serious. Yeah, he's yeah. different. He, he really wants it. I'm sitting there like, yeah, I'm about to go. I'm tired. I'm about to go eat a cheesesteak. He's, <laughs> he's like, he's, I got he's work to, go, to do. Yeah, and he's about to go for work. And so like, yeah. that's, that's him. And obviously Rick is, is a big part of, of that. But, um, you know, now, J, you know, JB is his own man. And, and you get to see, you know, that's, that's, that's him. Obviously he was, you know, raised part of that way with Rick. But, you know, now that's, that's who he is. I love that. So I don't know if you know this, but I have actually known Jalen since he was in like 10th mm-hmm. or 11th yeah, grade. Told me. Yeah, because he didn't commit to University of Illinois. He always went to Villanova, but mm-hmm. I was covering his recruiting. And what everybody would always say about Jalen was just how hard of a worker mm-hmm. that he is. And honestly, I think in the league, hard work is a skill. Yeah. Like a lot of people know that they're talented and they mm-hmm. can just rely on having that talent. But when you're talented and you have the work ethic, that's what takes you to that next level. Mm -hmm. I think that he's always understood that he can get there. Like he can work on those things to become that person. So it's been such a good year for him. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's it's crazy in so many ways. He kind of manifested what this moment was, you know, Mm -hmm. which is really, really nice. So for you guys, being genuine best friends on a team, how do you deal with like I don't want to say conflict, but say mm-hmm. you all don't agree on something. How do you navigate that? With me and him, like we say what it is. Yeah. If, if, if there's something that, that, that I'm not doing, he like, he'll sit there. He can, he, he can curse me out. He's cursed me out before and, and, and it's been vice versa. I mean, uh, there was, there was one time at Nova, he called me with a, we were in practice and he called me with an elbow and like people that know me know I, I'm, I'm competitive. I'm, I'm passionate. Um, but when I'm on the court, I'm a, I have a, like a little bit of a crazy side, not crazy, you know, not too much, you but know, but just a little, just a little bit. Right. <laughs> and, and I feel like you have to, um, but he called me with an elbow and I, I wish I could have to find the practice film of it because he passed the ball. He ripped through, called me, passed the ball. And then he, I stopped, he stopped. We both just looked at each other and we would know, like, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> like like it, it, it's, I'm not sure how, but somehow in this the duration of this play, mm-hmm. you're gonna get fucked up. Yeah. So I think like he got the ball back. I let him drive past me. He went to go take a layup, and he and he <laughs> and he knew it too. So he didn't really like. He didn't even try to go to layup. He just he just stopped at the rim, and I just boom just, just leveled him. <laughs> like he like and Davis like you have the basketball probably like the court like the the hoops probably here. You have a look probably like eight feet of space and then there's like the, the door you walk in mm-hmm. leveled him went through the door I threw <laughs> the ball at him and then Co- Coach Wright was just like, he he started snapping obviously Chris Jenkins was on the team he looked at me like dog you good and I'm yeah. just like yo I'm cool yeah now like, I'm I, good I, yeah I got Let it me, out <laughs> and, and we can co- move on yeah co- Coach yeah. is snapping at me like yo he coming with an elbow like and he he knew it was coming but yeah. like you know he he did that and he knew it and then no, after practice is over, like we cool, we'll go get something to eat it. or whatever. <laughs> so like we're we're comfortable with each other in terms of uh challenging each other. Um if we don't agree on something, you know, we we'll figure it out and see what the best option is. Um and, and obviously I think that's important to have in terms of 
um, you know, when, when you guys are on the same team. For sure. Okay, who started the, I don't even know how to do it. He the started, celebration. Uh, yeah, he, he started it. I'm like, I, I kind of know the origin, but I don't really know the origin. Um, and he, he hasn't really t- t- talked too much of the origin of it. So I can't really, you know, <laughs> blow up his, his, his spot. But yeah, he does it. And then, you know, me, you know, when I do something, I'm like, you know what? It's like, I, I did Mikel's, Mikel's, I think I hit a three in Cleveland one time, and I did Mikel's just yeah, to mess around. Which I just love. to mess around. I mean, yeah, it was hilarious. Just, yeah, it's so I did that. And then um, I was messing with him. I was like, I was like, JB, you see I did Kel's? And he was like, you didn't do mine? <laughs> so I was like, all right. So there have been a couple of times I did it. Uh, you know, I did something that I did his. Mm, okay. I want to switch gears to you. Obviously, a lot of conversation about you, what's going to happen, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Obviously, when I look up a lot of stuff, every single article says he is expected to decline mm-hmm. his player option, which obviously makes sense because you would become a restricted free agent, get the money that you want. Where are you at with that? Are I'm you declining retire. that option? Oh, you're retiring. Retire. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll probably decline that and um, do the free agency thing. My my first free agency was I was restricted, and it was oh, that shit was it, it was ass. Um, I'm not a very emotional person. Because my wife is um, can attest to, and she would love me to be even more emotional, but I'm not. <laughs> um, but I think like my last rating, she was like, I I kind of actually cried a little bit. I'm just like, it took like three weeks to get it done. I'm like, damn, like, do people even like do I, like do people want me in the league? Like, I'm like, it it was just a lot, and it it, it was very stressful. So, you know, I don't think this free agency will go that way. Um, but yeah, we do that. But you know, I, I love New York. Um, I love the team. I love the the coaching staff, the front office that we have. I think um, building in the right direction. Um, you know, got young guys, draft picks, do all the you know all those sort of things. So, um, you know, obviously that would be an ideal place for me to just you know resign there and do that. Obviously, I know it's a business. They got to want me at a certain price, and I got to want you know want that same thing. So, I get it's a business, but you know, there is just everything's perfect on the court off the court, you know, with family being close to home, doing all those kind of things. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that, you yeah, know, for, you know, when, when free agency starts, it'll, you know, that, you know, I'll say a deal will get done, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully in the first day or two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, that that's, I would love for that to be home. Yeah. So to be clear, like you want mm-hmm. it to be the New yeah. York Knicks. You love yeah. it. You feel, you feel like you have found a home. I think so. And yeah. I, and I, the reason why, I mean, on, at least on the court, mm-hmm. um, my I feel like my style of play is kind of how the city is built in the sense of just blue collar, hardworking, you know, hard work, hard worker um, can do kind of whatever he needs to do to just kind of be successful and to help the team you know, be successful. And I think that's kind of how New York is that tough, gritty um, style of a city. Um, so there's that. And then I obviously, like I said, off the court, man, just being so close to home. I think my parents went to almost every home game, if not every home game. Um, my host family lives in Jersey. They were at every game, um, you know, friends were there. So it's, you know, it's it a very, yeah, it's a very, yeah. Idea. I, I would say that, that's a perfect situation. And I mean, New York loves you. You know, you're, you're heart <laughs> of the city yeah. uh, up there. Um, I do want to go back to something that you just said, mm-hmm. how when you were restricted free agent, it was hard for you, that it was yeah. emotional for you. 
just because it's wild how time mm-hmm. continues to progress because the situation that you're in now is going to be completely different than yeah. the one that you were in then. In that moment, like what was the low point of that restricted free agency period? Um, I mean, probably like I was, you know, I think we finally got a deal done probably like three weeks into free agency. And it was always like every day I was calling my agents like, Yo, do we have an update? Do we have something? It was like, this could happen. We're not sure. You know, there's this, there's this. So there was different, op- you know, options in the sense, but it wasn't anything, you know, to write home about anything concrete. And even like the deal that I had, like I felt like at that point in my career, I was just a good player, someone that could produce um, at, at a good level. But I'm like, I signed a three-year contract with one year guaranteed. Like, I felt like I couldn't get a, Fully get like the and and that's not, obviously that that's I, my that's not on my agent. I love my agent, but like uh, you know, I guess you know, New Orleans Dave Griffith didn't feel that way, and it was that was tough for me. I'm just like you know, I you know, I fully embraced New Orleans when I was there, and I'm like, I'm like, damn, like that that's all that it is, you know, just one year guarantee. If I if I get hurt in this first year, like I'm I'm on may, hopefully a, a minimum the next year, you know what I mean? So. That was very stressful. That was that was a low point. I'm just like, maybe I was like, I guess you know, these guys don't want me how you know I wanted it, mm-hmm. and and that was very frustrating. Yeah, because I think you know it's very easy to maybe incorrectly at times like tie your worth mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, you're like, does does nobody want me? Mm-hmm. And then it just almost probably makes you second guess yourself and yeah. what you've done. Could you have done more? So how did you maybe get out of, of feeling that way? And especially now, do you feel very wanted? Mm-hmm. It was, it was more of a like that that next year. Um, and and I, I loved playing with with Willie Green, playing for for him, and I had Bi there, and and a lot of guys I was I was cool with. Like that that team, I actually genuinely love, and I still talk to a lot of those guys now. But I really was coming into the mentality of just like fuck you like not, not to my teammates not to the coaches because you know first it would with coach green but you know to the front office to to the city it was like like i'm gonna I'm show like uh you know i'm worth more than this i'm gonna I'm go in i'm gonna handle my business i'm gonna i'm gonna be a leader i'm gonna i'm gonna do everything i'm supposed to do and then you know i knew my contract you know was very tradable and i knew i most likely would, would get traded and it was like i'm gonna do this. I'm going to hoop. I'm going to bust my ass and mm-hmm. I'm to go somewhere else. And then y'all going to be sitting there like, damn, we let him leave. Like, and and that, that was what I was going in for. And I think, you know, I accomplished that. I, I think you did too. <laughs> so when you're going onto the court, mm-hmm. that's something you're like, I want to prove who I am and what you're missing out on. That's something mm-hmm. you're thinking about. For sure. Um, because that, that was just like that, that chip on my shoulder for, for me, it's like, you know, I signed that, you know, I signed that deal and I, like, I just, I wasn't happy. Like, I signed it just, you know, to, to do it. But I was like, should I just sit there and play for this qualifying offer? Like, that was like what I was thinking and just try to do free agency next year, unrestricted and just go. Um, so it was, I signed it. I did, you know, me and my, my wife and I did dinner and I, it just, you know, it just wasn't like a celebration. It was just kind of like, 
okay, do do something. You know, we we're good for another year. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. And that's why I think for you when you talk, because I've I've seen you talk a lot about wanting a home. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that stability. Mm-hmm. And like feeling like you're at the place you're supposed to be and everybody else feels like you're supposed to be there. So yeah. I mean it when I say I'm genuinely happy that mm-hmm. you had this season and I think you really showed everyone who yeah. you are and what you could do. And I don't, I don't think you'll be in that position nah. again. So <laughs> I, I am truly, truly happy for you. Like I said, I know New York has embraced you. Being in the city, though, have you seen what people mean when they say everything's just more important there? The spotlight is brighter. Mm-hmm. It's a jungle when you are an athlete playing in New yeah. York City. Do you feel that way? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I see it. I feel it. And I think I'll say I was a little bit more ready for it than most just because I was in L.A. Yeah. And, and L.A., the media is not as bad in L.A., but the fan base, like, boy, they turn on you. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> they turn on you quick. There, there's three really tough markets to be in in terms of fans. Yeah. And it's New York, L.A., and Philly. Yes. Like, yes. Philly might be the worst. Oh, I mean, if they, you lose, driver need to no, be right there. Get exactly. out. And like, <laughs> Get out quick. Like, and obviously, <laughs> I played at Nova. We're right outside of Philly. So, we obviously, we had some Philly support and all that. And, and it was great. But there's been time, there was games where we was getting booed off our home court. You know, Philly fans are ruthless. And I think that's part of the reason why you, you know, you always, always also love them because they're totally. like, dog, they, they show you what it is. Yeah. Um, so, I felt like I was ready for it a little bit. Um, but for me, it's like I never really tried to let that dictate, you know, how I play or or my mood just because at the end of the day, no matter what anybody says, no matter what the media says, no matter what, you know, any of those, you know, anybody says, any fans, Twitter or whatever it is, like, I'm my hardest critic. Like, I go home, like, you can, <laughs> my wife hates it because obviously NBA season, you know, if you don't even make the playoffs, 82 games. And when I lose, I'm I'm shot for a day, day and a half. And if really? if I and if I'm, I feel like I cost our team the game. I feel like you know there was one game I think, for example, was in it was two a couple of games in Portland. Like there was one where I think we played Denver. I want to say, and we got a you know we had a steal, and I went. I had a layup, and I someone passed me the ball and I just I I bobbled it on a fast break and then I tried to get it and I slipped but we turned the ball over I think we ended up losing and like I was I was shot for and it was like two or three day break into the next game I was shot you felt like it was on yeah you. I felt like I was frustrated because we obviously we lost I was frustrated but like I let my my guys down and the, I I didn't I didn't really talk to my wife even mm-hmm. um you know for for two, three games for the next next game. Some of the teammates were like, yo, JR, are you, are you good? How are you? I'm like, I'm I'm good when we play again. Yeah. I'm like, nah, like last game was terrible. There was one game in Dallas. I was I was like 0 for 9. And we get we got, we lost, I think Luca before the, you know, trade with Spencer. Like Luca hit a couple of big, like a big three at the end. Spencer hit a couple of big three at the end. And we lost. I didn't, I didn't make a field goal. I was terrible. Shot terrible from the free throw line. I was, I was smoked for, Two games, two days, two, really? two, three days. Yeah, until the next game. So I'm not saying it is or isn't, but when you get into those modes, do mm-hmm. you feel like it's healthy for you, or no, do you wish oh, you could get out no. of them? Okay, I, I I wish I can get out of them, and it, and it, and it's tough because I I can't. And honestly, that's one thing I was really excited about with kids 
because they don't care if you have a bad yeah. game, a good game. They don't care. About. So now it's like, hopefully, um, I can leave a lot of that at the door when I come home. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you see their little smiley faces, chunky cheeks and all that. You know, <laughs> hopefully that kind of, you know, has all that frustration and, and stress kind of just, you know, go, you know, fall by the wayside. So that's something I'm very looking forward to. But, yeah. um, you know, I got to f- try to find that balance of, you know, letting that go mm-hmm. and, you know, moving on, not just in terms of basketball, but just in terms of life. Yeah. And also knowing what parts of that actually make you go, right? Because mm-hmm. there's some of that that it makes mm-hmm. you good at your job. For sure. You know, but also learning, okay, if I let some parts of that go, how else would it make me good? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, so, yeah. but I feel like that is probably a journey for everyone and every job. For sure. is, is figuring, there, it'll figuring be, you know, my wife might love me a little more because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not starting petty arguments. You know, we, I lose, <laughs> I play terrible. She asked me what, what I want to eat. I snap, I don't nothing to eat. <laughs> I, I don't know. You pick something. And she, she's like, well, damn, like I, I'm not the reason why you missed three threes today. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, maybe she'll love me a little more uh, if I can fix that. But yeah, like you said, you got to have part of it, you yeah. know, but you can't, you can't do that every game or right. you can't have it to that extent all the time. Yeah. It can't consume you. Exactly. Sure. And it consumes me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to talk your playoff series uh, against the Heat a little bit. If somebody said to you, how and why did you lose to the Heat? What would your answer be? Um, we didn't make shots. I, I think that, I think, I mean, look at how the Heat played against the Bucks. Look how they played against Boston, right? They were, what, they were the worst offensive team in the league in the, during the season. They turned around. Yeah, I mean, they, that, that shows you the regular season don't mean nothing. Totally. Because they just, they were kicking it. They were, you know, obviously a little hurt. You know, they was kind of kicking. they like, y'all trying to get that AC? Yeah, when it was time to go, <laughs> they was on go. Yeah. Um, but like, like my Milwaukee had like number one defense in the league. And they yeah. were out there scoring 120, 130 points a game. I, I think they, in our playoff game, the most they scored was maybe like 108. Like we were, we were holding them to, you know, low hundreds um and there was possession games and it, some of them were just we didn't make shots yeah you know what i mean there and it's not just you know myself i put myself at the top of that myself um even like Jalen, who who's our our, our guy who's our um our dude there was some games where he was like oh for seven for three you know what i mean or mm-hmm. there was a game where julius was like oh five yeah RJ, just you know, yeah so it, things weren't falling and mm-hmm. i think Sometimes, obviously, it's frustrating and, it can, you know, confidence can, you know, NBA, is, there's, you know, it goes up and down by the game. Yeah. Um, I just think it was, was, was that. I mean, if you hold a team to, you know, 39% from the field, shooting, you know, scoring 104 points, yeah. um, if you ask any NBA coach, would you take that? And they'll say yes. Absolutely. Every, any day. Every, yeah, yeah, every day of the week. And... It just so happened that, you know, we held them to 40% from, from shoot, you know, shooting from the field and 104 points. And we just ended up shooting 38% at 101 points. And that's just how the cookie and, crumbles. And that's how it crumbles sometimes, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. you know, I think that was the biggest thing. And obviously that is frustrating and it's a tough pill to swallow because you feel like you could have 
beat them. You feel like you could have moved on, but you know, you got to give them credits. Bo made a, a great adjustment. So good. Um, they got guys that's won championships with, with Kalo, with, with, with Kyle Lowry over there. I said Kalo, K Love, Kyle Lowry. Um, and then you got hungry dudes, um, with, with Caleb and, Gabe Vincent, Max Strews, obviously Jimmy's Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, Caleb going crazy. Going crazy. Yeah. Bam, playing well. Duncan, you know, was out of the rotation. Obviously, Tyler got hurt. He came in mm-hmm. and he's been playing great for them. Yeah. So you got to just tip your hat. You know, sometimes you just got to tip your hat to the other, the other team and say, you know what? You know, we think we could have beat you. I think Milwaukee think they could have beat them. I think Boston think they could have beat them. And, you know, if you were supposed to, you would yeah. So we got to tip our hat to him and say, and we know we we might we might have gave that series up just with our lack of you know shot making, but you got to give them credit. They they've been they've been hooping, and you know that's a a, a tough a tough team. Um, and you know, wish them the best. I'm not saying this Partly. to you, but somebody <laughs> somebody said to me once they're like. Saying you should have made more shots is just another way of saying you lost. Exactly. And I was like, damn, that's true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's how it is. I mean, as you see, you know, the couple games that we won, we we, we made shots. We had, yep. great, And we had open, like, they, they gave us open shots. You know what I mean? So, and we just, we just didn't make them. So, you know, that's the thing we just talked about. We got to try to let it go. No, for and, sure. And, and we won't use that motivation, use that as fool for this offseason, but mm-hmm. um, tip our hats to them and, you know, go watch them in the finals, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about the Knicks, obviously from the start of season to what actually happened by the end of mm-hmm. the season, the team exceeded expectations. Yeah. The city was so behind everything. Even just honestly being in the playoffs, I think was a win for everybody in New yeah. York. There's obviously been a lot of conversation about what does failure mean in the league and what mm-hmm. does success mean in the league. Yeah. So to you, when you look at what happened with you all, which one do you label it as? I think it was a success. Um, if you sit there and judge a season by if you win a championship or not, like that's just idiotic to me. Just because, let's be real, there's 30 NBA teams going into a season, there's five, maybe six contenders that the teams where you're like, you know what, they can make a finals run. Yeah. And there's, you know, probably on the other side, there's probably six that are like, yeah, can't wait for that draft pick, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have guys. Exactly. (laughs) And then you have guys that are, or teams that are in the middle that, that are trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And um, so, for for me to put uh, to labor our our season as a failure or success based on a, a championship, I think that's unfair. You know what I mean? There was before, you know before I got there, you know, just watching on the outside looking in, you know, people were killing them. They they might not make the playoffs. They lost nine in a row at one point. They this that and the other. So you know, y'all go from this team's the worst team in the league losing nine in a row to them winning nine in a row. And it's like, oh my God, we can make the second round of the playoffs and all yeah. that. Like, you know, I, I think it's unfair to, you know, if you were like that, but, but I think also, was, if that's the logic, then only one team succeeded. Exactly. And that, that can't it's, be how it goes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, shit, I think 
San Antonio, they 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 were successful. I think <laughs> yeah. they they got the, they they were very successful, yeah. and they and they were a tear. They were one of the worst teams in the league, and they were very successful. Yeah. So you can't <laughs> view funny. it like you know you just can't view it like that. And and if you do, you know that's your prerogative. But um, you know, I think I think we we did what we were supposed to do. Um, even exceeded the expectations, and we're bringing that into you know next season. Mm-hmm. So you say that next season is a success. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you even got to the team, uh, Tibbs called you the best rebounding guard in the league. Damn Are right. you? For sure. Uh, I mean, like, if, if Russ is up there, obviously, Luca's up there. You know what I mean? But I think I am just in terms of Luca's what, 6'8". You know what I mean? Russ is, what, 6'5", and athletic. I'm like six four, six five. I'm not that athletic. Yeah, you know like what I'm mean? getting I'm, it done. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm here for a good time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I think I am just in terms of just going, pursuing rebounds, you know, in my zone, out my zone. Um, so, so I think I am. And that, that's one of the, um, I think that's one of the strengths of my game. And I use that, especially, you know, defense rebounds to push the pace and get, try to get easy bucks on the offensive end. And then on the offensive end, try to get, extra possessions um, for my guys. And I think, especially playing in Portland with, with Ant and Dame, like, you know, getting getting offensive rebound, getting them, that's probably the time where you get them the most open yeah. that they are. So um, it was an opportunity to get them in a rhythm, get them open shots, get them good looks where they don't have to sit there and work for everything. You had said to Mitchell Robinson once, I don't want to mess up the quote, you said, you get the regular rebounds. <laughs> I'll get the rebounds that break teams. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Like for me, it's you play the first three quarters. Cool. Fourth quarter, especially that last four minutes, that's that's when you that's that's when you win. That's, that's winning time. You know what I mean? So for me, especially on the offensive end, like you watch games and obviously you're a basketball mind, you're not one of just a casual fan. That's like, oh my God. So you actually watch it and dissect, you know, what actually happens. But you know, how many times has there been an uh, offensive rebound? You, you you force a team to a tough, tough shot at the end of a shot clock, and they get an offensive rebound the last three minutes of the game, hit a three, and it's like, fuck, that's, that's game. We, Dagger. You, you thought of game one against uh, against the Heat. We we did we did that exact same thing. We came down, rebound Kyle Lowry, popped it out, hit game um, – they got the ex-possession, gave Vincent, um, hit hit a three where he tried to draw a foul. He didn't, they didn't get the foul call, but he drained a three. That went from a three-point game, I think it was, to a six-point game at, at four minutes to go. And there was no, and it was it was over at that point. So for me, I want to make those plays. I, I want to be the guy to go get the offensive rebound in a one-possession game, get get us an open shot, get us ex-possession, do those kind of things. That's what I want. That's what I live for. That's how I play. So that's kind of what I mean um, by that. And I think I've done that on a lot of occasions. And um, that's just kind of like the mentality that I have, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, I think it's very clear, not really debatable, that you are one of the best coast-to-coast attackers Mm -hmm. um, in the league. Something I think is interesting, though, when I watch you, obviously, you kind of get a lot of texts. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, the, my wife lets me know about everyone too. And the reason I'm I'm saying that there is 
it feels like who you are when you're playing basketball, at least from what I know of you, is like very different mm-hmm. from who you are in real oh, life. for sure. So are you almost like turning on like a, like a Beyonce, Sasha Fierce alter sort yeah. of ego when you go out there? Yeah. Like if once I go out there, the competitiveness starts. You know what I mean? And it's practice is cool. Warm-ups are cool. All that stuff. Once I check into the game, like you see, like and even like you'll see me, you know, joke around, you know, pregame doing all this stuff. Sometimes I'm on the bench, I'll, I'll be joking around. But once I'm on that court, once I'm playing, there, there's no games. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes if we're up by twenty or something like that, you know, <laughs> then we play games. Can joke a little bit. <laughs> but once you're in it, you're uncompetitive. I'm on a hundred percent. And then you know, if I feel like there's um, a discrepancy, whether it's fouls or I feel like I got fouled or or something, I didn't get a call. I'm snapping like I'm like dog like like and I and I mean I probably <laughs> I gotta stop honestly <laughs> I really have to you like they it's a lot of text. yeah I got to and like you gotta you also gotta I was like and I and most of the refs I, I always say what's up to them before the game a lot of times I'll unless I'm just heated after a game I always let, you know tell them like you know thank you appreciate it yeah you know they have the hardest job like no matter what they're gonna have you know one. One team extremely pissed at them. They're gonna have one fan base extremely mad at them. Yeah, they're gonna you know be labeled you know cheaters or you know serial extenders or this and the other. So they they got probably the worst job, and mm-hmm. you know it takes a lot uh, to be a ref. So I got commend that like that. Mm-hmm. You know they they have the toughest job, and they have the toughest job because they have assholes like me that <laughs> when they think they, they, they get a foul get fouled and don't sit there and yeah. stab at them then a lot of times when i look at a, the replay i'm like oh maybe i didn't oh, get fouled. then i sit there and be like yo curtis that's, that's my fault bro. i was tripping <laughs> yeah you know tony did tony like I, I was out of pocket you know i mean, what I mean? yeah they, they have a, a hard job but i mean that's why you have a burn just kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> um i want to rewind a little bit mm-hmm. because i don't know if you remember this i feel like you have a good memory but Back when I was at SNY, I mm. was covering a lot of the Villanova games. Yep. Like I had interviewed you and Jalen and Dante at the Garden, coincidentally, because mm-hmm. uh, I think it was it was the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had one, and it was just so clear how close everyone was, yep. how happy everyone was. Did you get a lot of joy just being at Villanova? Oh my God, it, it was you know, some of the best times of my life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely close with. But all those guys, um, you know, those guys I'm in the league, I'm that, that Nova guys I'm trying to get, you know, get the NY. Um, <laughs> you like you know to tweet I mean? about Dante. Yeah. Uh, are you trying? Uh, you know <laughs> what I mean? That, that's my guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was talking to him the other day. But, um, the tweet, by the way, said that Dante could be the shooting that the Knicks need. So that's mm-hmm. that's what's on Josh's you know what I mean? mind, everyone. Um, <laughs> but not yet. Yeah, like, those, those are my guys because, <clears throat> uh, as you know, it just – uh, an athlete and when you're in those situations, especially when you go, you know, you go on the road, you know, it's just the guys in the locker room. You know what I mean? It's just, just your boys. So we had that culture of high character guys and we were all extremely close. We all actually genuinely liked each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those, those four years that I had there were, were amazing. I talked to all those guys, you know, to this day. Um, and it was, you know, obviously, it helps when you win and you're being successful, yeah. obviously, as a team and a program and individually. But, um, you know, those are my brothers. And I hope 
um, you know, we can share the court, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, for, for a long time and hopefully in the same uniform. Um, but, uh, you know, I love those guys. So you obviously decided to return to Villanova your senior year. Mm-hmm. When you made that decision, mm-hmm. was it an all smiles decision or were you kind of upset that you weren't going to be going to the league and kind of changing your life, so to say? Um, it was a little both, a little both. I, I was ex- extremely excited to go back to Nova, you know, try to compete for another championship. Um, it's fruit fly. Oh my God. <laughs> no, it's hit me too. Shit. <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't worked. You know, I, I just had someone spray. I, you know, it's, it's, it's working. I, shit. no, no one shit on me because I have fruit flies in my house. I, um, but, uh, it was, I was looking forward to it because I knew we had a chance to win. I liked the guys there. I had the ability to get my diploma, mm-hmm. which is something I really wanted. Um, obviously, you know, I, I wish I was going to league, making millions, doing all that. Yeah, but everyone has their own path. And mine was going back to Nova and taking it that way. And um had a tough, tough loss in uh against Wisconsin. You know, if you talk to Jalen, you know, he says I should have passed him the ball. <laughs> You're so, like, it still eats me yeah, up today. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's, he tells everyone I should have passed him the ball at the end of that possession. So now you know, game six of the Eastern Conference semifinals, I could say he should have passed me the ball with 10 seconds left. I was open. Um, <laughs> but but uh, but no, I, I had fun. And it, yeah. it was it was a blast being able to go back for my last year with, with my bros and, you know, just at least be a kid again for another year. And I think, mm-hmm. I think both of us and everyone that's graduated college or, you know, older in their 20s or 30s, they're like... Like it was yeah, great. I wish I could go back. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I, w- I w- you know, I'm happy I didn't cheat myself that one more year. Yeah. It's like I definitely don't want to have to turn in assignments by midnight, mm-hmm. but I would love to be on the yeah, campus. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All, everything else would be fun. And so before Nova, I just want to paint the scenes. I don't know if basketball fans always understand what it's like being in high school if you're like mm. an elite player, especially where you're at. The elite, like talented basketball players in the D.C. area would go to these schools that were super elite, Mm -hmm. normally predominantly very white schools. Mm -hmm. For you, on a scale of one to ten, like how much of a culture shock was that to you to go to that school as opposed to whatever was in your area? Shit. I want to do like the the annoying thing, like one to ten or (laughs) twenty. You're like, but twenty. Yeah, twenty. Like I hate people that do that, but it was like that. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, it was, it was a complete culture shock. Cause obviously going to public school, you know, my whole life, um, and then going to, uh, a school and it wasn't like, a, you know, in, in DC you have Gonzaga, the math, those are the two like basketball powerhouses. At least they were at that, you know, during that time, Montrose Christian, um, you had those. And I went to Sidwell Friends School. Nobody knows what the hell Sidwell Friends School was. Sidwell Friends School is... A junior Ivy League type school, like kids there that go to, you know, Harvard, Yale, Brown, Tufts, um, you know, uh, Carnegie Mellon, you know, all like those really successful, prestigious academic schools. So, yeah. I went there for basketball and had no idea what I walked into. Yeah. Obviously, um, I was like you said, predominantly white, um, and it was just 
it, it was a culture shock for me and I wasn't fully ready for it. I, I honestly kind of hated it at the time, you know, part of it because, um, you know, I was just, you know, just a regular kid, family didn't have money or, you know, like that. And, you know, and like hearing the conversations of others, you know, like, I don't relate to this like, at all. Yeah, there was a time like my, you know, a couple of, you know, friends I was there and they were like, yo, and it was like they could leave campus for lunch. I was like, oh, shit, this is me. First, I'm like, why y'all leaving campus? We got a whole little nice spread right here. <laughs> yeah. That's free. It's nothing else um, you need. Yeah. Um, we had a, it was called the Fox Den, which was like a little coffee shop. And all that. They was out there brewing cappuccinos and all that. I'm like, it was amazing. It's crazy. <laughs> like, um, I want to go back right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the time was like, yo, we're about to, you know, we want to go to Chipotle. You know, let's walk down, like, walk down to Chipotle for lunch. I'm like, like, bro, I don't got $7 for Chipotle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I barely had, you know, several dollars to put on this smart trip. You know, my parents would give me $5 for the smart trip, you know, which was the, uh, the, um, the bus, yeah, the, the bus thing. So, um, you know, they give me $5, $10. I'll sit there and try to, you know, I'll, I'll make my way to, you know, we had a, what, where was it? It was Tinley Town. So I'll take the bus, get to Tinley Town, and then I'll take another bus from Tinley Town to Sidwell. So I would, you know, I wouldn't give them $10 the first ride. I'll be like, ah, oh, like, uh-huh. it'd be like, ar, ar. I'm like, oh man, I don't got I no got money. <laughs> I'll get there. I'll go to like CVS. I'll get like a couple, you know, a couple like 99 cent snacks. And now yeah. I have like seven fifty. I'll put on my smart trip. So I got some snacks. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, yeah, bro, I barely got a bread to get, get on the bus. And y'all, and I'm like, I, I, I can't. Right. I, and you're and, like, and y'all want a burrito. Bowl. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. And we're, you know, five minutes down from Georgetown, you know, all these kids are driving. They go, you know, they want to go to Georgetown or the shop or walk around and all that. I'm like, bro, I don't want to go to Georgetown. I can't buy anything at Georgetown. Why do I want to go there? Like, for me, they didn't, I don't, the, no one looked at me like that. But, like, for me, it was embarrassing. I'm like, I, I, I can't, like, I can't afford, like, this isn't in my class. This isn't in my league. Like, I don't want to do this. So, part of it hated that time. So, I'm like, I'm not in this, you know, world. And it wasn't even like about basketball. And um, that was my first year. And then I, I struggled academically and, and they asked me not to come back. And that was frustrating for me too, because I was trying, I was trying my best. As you know, public school, you know, sometimes you just turn an assignment in and you get in and, yeah. and they happy okay. with it there. You know, you had to ex- explicate poems. I don't even know what explicate means. You know, I mean, they were saying there, yeah, this, this word started with a capital capital letter and that means that writer really you know wanted to emphasize you know the this word and that i'm just like huh yeah i'm like yeah. and i'm like maybe he just started the sentence I mean, maybe something you know what i mean like <laughs> just you know yeah, and that's like, how yeah, it goes <laughs> doing all, i'm like I, it was just stuff that was just so beyond you know what i was ready for and um you know some parents students really rallied behind me to get me readmitted and, they started a petition. Right? Yeah, started a petition and, yeah. and and got me readmitted because they felt like Sewell didn't put the necessary resources that I needed to be successful because they were very like, this is the bar. If you're at the bar, above the bar, cool. If you're below the bar, it's not our job to catch y'all up to speed to the bar. So if you're below the bar, you can go to Bullets, one of the mother, one of the mother schools or something, Georgetown Prep, you know, not, <laughs> not over here. But honestly, that speaks to... In Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, she talks about mm-hmm. just like education and she's like children, teens, right? Mm-hmm. Young adults know when people do not believe in them. Yes. And that bleeds into 
mm-hmm. what they can do. And I'm sure there was like something in the back of your head that was like, I know, like, I don't really have any advocates here. Mm-hmm. And that in turn probably made you not go as hard as maybe you would have. It's mm-hmm. just one of the teachers really believed in you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I think the the cool thing about it was there was at least a start. There were a the couple of teachers that were like, like, why is this kid here? Why is this kid in this class? Why is he at the school? I, I'm not going to put it. There's a couple that come to mind, but I don't want to put their names out there. But they're, but it was cool for me because they got to just know me, not in terms of being a student, but just as a kid. And, you know, some of those teachers that after that first year, when I got asked not to come back, they went and rallied behind me and got in my corner. And it was, um, that was something that was really dope for me. And, and at that point it was my parents, you know, super dope. And they, they let me decide if I wanted to go back or if I wanted to go to like Montrose or whatever. And I was like, I can go to Montrose, you know, Stu Vetter's there, he has connections. I can, you know, ranking can go up, office can go up. He's in there saying I could potentially be a McDonald's All-American if I go there, this, that, and the other. But I'm like, all that sounds cool. Like, am I, do I really want to leave all the people that just fought for me to be readmitted? Do I want to, you know, some of these teachers that, that said that they will help me or tutor me after hours and do all those things. Do I want to leave that situation? Nah, I don't want to leave that situation. Some of these people rallied behind me, helped me get the parents, you know, donated, helped me get laptops and stuff like that. So I'm like, I can't leave that situation. And it wasn't even about basketball. So like my high school years, like it wasn't even about basketball. It was just about, you know, growing, growing as a person. If you ask my wife, she's like, I'm totally different, you know, <laughs> now or then than I was, you know, when I got into Sidwell. And that's the part where it was like, part of me was embarrassing and I hated it. Um, it sometimes at the time, but now looking back, oh my God, I, I love it. And it, and it did so much to help me get to where I am now. Yeah. And there was also, I'm sure, probably some element of wanting to just kind of finish what you started, mm-hmm, you know, exactly. and wondering maybe what you would think about yourself if you left. Exactly. And it, you was, know? And it was cool because my, uh, I was able to finish what I started and my dad kept, I think he still has a letter, the original letter that they sent sent us in the mail basically saying, you know, you think, you know, ask your kid not to come back, think he can be better at a different, different, you know, institution, this, that, and other. And he kept that. And I think he still has it to this day. And it's, and that's like some of the cool things that, you know, you know, all my friends are from, from that time. My host family, my host brother, who's lives in Miami, he's actually coming, coming tonight, oh, <laughs> you know, to hang out, to hang uh, out. Matt? Yeah, yeah, Matt, exactly. You know, all those guys, my girlfriend, oh, yeah. my wife now, um, went to sit with me all during my high school years and because I was in that situation. And it's, you know, I I owe a lot of what I am in um, my life to sit well and the people there that, that put me in this position. And that was like the coolest thing because it wasn't even about basketball. Basketball was cool. I was recruited decently and all that, but like, uh, I'll, I'll take you know, I'll go back to Sidwell any day and, and 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 relive those days of embarrassment, but also just fun, laughter, love, and you know, a home. Yeah, I mean, you got to get that letter from your dad and like frame it because it's yeah. just it's such a testament. To, like, you aren't what anyone says you are. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you can decide who you want to exactly. be and show up on all those days. So I love that. Um, 
going to go like 15 more minutes. We are keeping you long. I hope that's okay. Uh, I got nothing to do with that. You, <laughs> you keep me away from changing diapers and doing all that. So I'm You're like, chilling. thank you. Yep. Uh, you talked about your parents. You had a quote that I thought was so good mm-hmm. that I want you to explain. You said, I think my parents loved who they raised. I think they hated how they had to do it. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? I think, wow, what, what, that's a, that was a deep cut, <laughs> deep cut. too. That was a lot a of deep research. Cut. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, obviously as a parent, you always want your kid to grow up better than you did, right? You want to put them in good position to succeed. And I think, I missed it. Um, <laughs> um, obviously they wanted the best for me. They wanted, you know, to me to have all the nicest things, you know, the the best hooping gear, the best, you know, nice clothes and all that, especially when I got to sit well. Um, you know, they, they wanted that and, you know, they weren't able to give me it. You know, there was times when my mom, um, you know, I was, I want, we, we weren't, you know, there was people that were, way worse, way, way worse off in terms of financially and stuff like that. So obviously I always try to, you know, be respectful of what I said. I don't want to make some like, yeah, we got out the streets. You know what I mean? Cause there are people that really had to do that, but it was, you know, at that time it was frustrating. There was times where, you know, obviously parents couldn't go to games cause they had to work or, um, you know, mom would, you know, try to eat at, at work, you know, we're, we're at the country club that she worked at because, you know, we, we were, you know, didn't have whatever. So, I think that was frustrating with them. I think, you know, my dad did a, you know, a lot, you know, a good job in terms of being at my games. And I, I feel like my mom wanted to be at more of my games and stuff like that. But obviously she couldn't because she had to work. She had to help provide and put food on the table and et cetera. So, um, and I think that was probably heightened a little bit when I got to sit well, because you got all these people that have, you know, nice cars. You have people that, um, you know, politicians, kids, people that are well off, have nice clothes, nice, you know, stuff, stuff that, you know, that they just leave lying around, you know, in, in public school and all that. Like you're saying, like you're fighting for that for. Um, so I think there was that, but I think they were still able to instill the principles that they wanted to. And I think it was a little bit harder for them to do some of those things. And now being older, obviously, um, I respect them even more than I did at that point because I get to see it from a different perspective now. And so that's kind of what I meant for that. I, I feel like they wish they could have gave me everything that I wanted as a kid and they couldn't. But I think now being the person I am, being the the man, the husband, the father, the um, not even the basketball player, just the person, I think they're happy about i think my and uh, i know my dad's probably gonna watch this interview and uh i'm sure he'll probably be happy with most of the stuff i'm saying but maybe not the cuss word so my bad my bad dad um <laughs> shout out dad yeah but um yeah that's uh, that's kind of what i meant by that and i you know i hope i um i hope they feel the same way and i hope i've made them um proud and it's their time to relax kick their feet up enjoy life, not have to worry about anything financially or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like I, I have them and, um, you know, it's time for them just to kind of do whatever the hell they want to do. 
Have you been able to have that conversation with your parents or your dad specifically about you being okay? Like that even though you maybe didn't have everything you wanted, like you were okay, you were loved, you were happy. Have you been able to tell your parents that it was okay? Um, no, I never, I don't think I ever have. And I think now thinking of it, I, I definitely should. Um, because obviously, you know, growing up, you know, those are your parents, you know, sometimes you listen to them, sometimes you don't, you know, especially like as, as a kid growing up, as a boy, especially like you don't do all the emotional shit. You don't do that. Like it's kind of like the man up kind of thing, keep it moving. And I never, you know, I don't feel like I never really got that vulnerable with them and let them know that. And I feel like that's something that um, I think I'm going to have that conversation with them at some point. I'm not sure when um, I'm trying to work on myself in terms of being more emotional, being more vulnerable, realizing that, you know, even, you know, obviously I'm a man and you have to quote unquote man up type thing. Like, but no one knows what that means. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person who has feelings, has emotions who I shouldn't be scared, afraid to to show those things and and it's not weak to show them exactly mm-hmm. and um i'm you know consistently trying to you know understand that and learn that and i think i'm doing a, a better job than i was um i think you know ha- having my kids uh, i'm able to see it a little bit better from that perspective so um that's a conversation that that I hope to have with them soon and um don't do like the too cool for it or too quote unquote manly or whatever. You know, hopefully I have that, you know, when I have that conversation, I allow myself to be emotional and to be vulnerable and cry if I want to because who's gonna tell me not to? You know what I mean? So um I'm happy you, you brought that up because that's definitely something that I'm going to have to do. Good. I hope so. And I mean, I don't I don't want to know the ins and outs of the conversation because that's obviously incredibly personal. I'm just mm-hmm. asking you this because you said your dad is For going sure. to watch this. Mm-hmm. So what is just the one thing you would want your parents to always know? Um, I would say... Obviously, you always have like the, oh, I love them type thing. That's very cliche, but um extremely happy with how they raised me, the decisions that they've made. Um, and th- there was a time when I went back to Sidwell, when I got, when I got readmitted and I, and, you know, the Hillman's, Matt and, and his parents, they uh, let me live with, you know, they were saying, you know, we, he can live with us. You know, he, he has class with Matt. He can get study, ha- study habits from him, time management, um, kind of can have his own space. Because at that point, we were in a two-bedroom apartment with like six people. You know, I had the five, you know, my family, my five people, my dad um, took in one of my uh, brother's friends who was struggling at that time. And to let them know, like, you know, they were never forgotten. They were never a second fiddle. They were never, 
you know, put on the back burner for, you know, anyone. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. And I think that was something that they were, they didn't really talk to me about, but I feel like that's something that was in their mind, not now, but initially it was like, you know, he goes live with another family. He's, you know, he he's away from us for six days out the week, you know, come, you know, five days, school days, and then obviously on the, the weekends, you know, you, you don't want to be yeah. home, you want to be out, you want to be at the <laughs> yeah, mall, you want to be playing friends. with friends, you want to do yeah. all that. And so I think they were kind of nervous that I would, I don't want to say forget that aspect of like how I was raised and that, but um, I think they were just fearful of like the outcome and how it could, you know, how it could be. And um you know, want them to know that that was never, that was never the case. And, you know, never is a case, never was a case. And that um, everything that they did for me was, might not have seemed like I appreciated it at the time, but looking back at it, man, it was, it was amazing. And they're just two incredibly strong people who, you know, I'm so happy that they're my parents. I'm so proud of them. I'm so happy with um, the way they raised me because it made me who I am. And they put, um, they instilled those values in me um, that I'm going to take, you know, until I'm gone, that I'm going to try to instill into my kids. And I wish I could be half the man, half the parent that my dad is, half the parent that my mom is. Um, And I feel like if I'm half of that, I feel like my kids would be in a good situation. Um, That's beautiful. So, um, there's that. I'm trying not to get too emotional because if I do, uh, I'll probably start crying on here. But um, no, it's okay. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's something that I definitely want them to to know. And uh, it's probably gonna make my dad cry. So ha, <laughs> cry before me. <laughs> no, that's so beautiful. I hope I hope you do get to have that that mm-hmm. conversation with them. You know, I think that when there are people who we know for a fact love us and people that we know they know we love them mm-hmm. we feel like we don't have to verbalize have to it yep. but that's one thing I'm trying to work on too is just like if we know it let's talk about it exactly. you know because it's, it's just sometimes hard to do it so I, I totally get it's, it yeah, it's sometimes yeah. hard to do it and especially I feel like everyone when you know when that person or somebody has gone out their life and you know they pass away you know, you're always looking back saying, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have done that. And I think right now I'm like, I wish I had, I should have had some of these conversations before. So now it's like, I want to have these conversations now. So I don't, so they know, you know, what, you know, when it's all said and done and they're, and it's time for them to move on, um, that they know what they meant to me. They know how, you know, nothing was unsaid. Nothing was unsaid. And I think that's yeah. the biggest thing, not just for parents, but friends and, and um, you know, especially for guys. You know, it, it's not a masculinity thing. It's not being too tough for. It's just something that, you know, we can't be scared to be vulnerable. We can't be scared to be hurting. We can't be scared to be doing all those kind of things. And I don't want to go into some fucking preacher mode and all that shit but (laughs) um yeah you want to you want to do that and that's something that i'm you know every day i'm trying to teach myself and get better at i love that give it up for parents (laughs) okay uh the last five minutes um on the subject of guidance Mm -hmm. um in the league 
who has been your best vet? Ooh, um, that's tough. I would say Larry Nance helped, and obviously he's only a couple years yeah, older. Yeah, I was like, but okay. Larry, Larry was definitely big, <laughs> being that Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. um, was big. Um, who else? Only had Dan for half, you know, a year, I guess. But he he he's been he's been great. And then there's guys that that I didn't never even play with, like CJ McCollum, who who's helped me with certain things. And um, you know, so I probably would say those guys. Um, yeah, yeah. You've played with a lot of guys that are either just like incredibly popular or just discussed a lot or just mm-hmm. really relevant. Whether that's LeBron, Dame, Zion, so many people. Which of the guys you've played with do you feel like is kind of the most misunderstood by people that don't know them? Dame. And he's misunderstood because, you know, everyone, we're in a, we're in a, a, a culture where it's like, you got to win a championship. You have to win a ring. You have to do all that. So it's like, kind of like with the, the season, the, the fairy success. So are you going to tell me his his season or his career, his career yeah. wasn't a success because he didn't want to ring. No, he he's someone who is extremely loyal. He's someone who um, obviously came from you know Oakland, underrated at Weaver State, um, and they got drafted there. And he really embraced being in Portland, and Portland embraced him. And me being in Portland for only a year, I I understand why he's so loyal because that fan base is amazing. Like they they truly show you love. There was a time where we were getting our ass up by 40 and they're still there at the end of the game. And I'm sitting there looking like, well, why are y'all here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I would have been left. If I didn't, if I wasn't put, if I didn't have this jersey or if I would, if, you know, if I didn't have this jumpsuit and on this bench, I yeah. would be gone. <laughs> um, so people don't understand that. But like, he's had such an amazing career, all-time leading score, for, you know, for the Blazers. I don't know how many times All-Star, how many times um, All-NBA team. And people would just sit there and be like, oh, he's he's too loyal. He has to go. He has to win a ring. He has to do all this. And that's something that's, to me, is just stupid. Cause I know he wants to win, but he wants to win the right way. And he 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 loves Portland. And I'm not saying he he would never leave Portland because I don't know. That, that's up to Dame. And I'm not sure, you know, how that is. But I think he's misunderstood because people see that loyalty and they – don't understand it but at the end of the day he's the only one that has to walk in his shoes and as long as he understands it and he's happy with it and he and he loves it who are we to say for sure you know yeah no. and i mean i think dame for sure probably has been misunderstood, is he a misunderstood by media members as well Listen, is he a superstar i think there's few superstars <laughs> i think there are a few superstars but one thing about dame i love dame mm. dame is the nicest person mm-hmm. like Literally one of my favorite NBA players for sure. But I think he has been misunderstood. And going back to what you're saying, I don't even know if it's that he wants to win the right way. I just think he wants to win the way that feels good to him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, I'll say that. Yeah, it's like he wants to do it how Dame wants to do it. Exactly. He wants to win it the right way to him. And that right way is interpreted in his own way. Absolutely. And I think that's like how we have to talk about what success and failure is. It's like, Mm -hmm. what is success to you as an individual? Exactly. And nobody, including me, has mm-hmm. a say in whatever that is, exactly. you know? And I think it takes like a very specific kind of person to be so self-aware and so sure of who you are yeah. 
that you're going to do the thing that you want to do because you feel good about it. Yeah. And you I, know? And I think that's something that I learned when I got to the league. Cause like when I got in, I'm like, all I want to do is win. All I want to do is win. You know, I want to leave. I want to retire with at least a ring. And I, I still do. And, and that's what I fight for. And that's what I play the game for. But my mindset changed in terms of, you know, how I view that in my career as a success. My career is not, you know, not a success just because I win a ring. If I don't totally. win a ring, it's not a failure. Like, um, I'm a kid that didn't grow up with much that, you know, I'm going to be able to put my family in a better position than I did. And to me, that's a success. Absolutely. To me, being able to, um, you know, have my kids in private school and, you know, have a couple of houses and, you know, have a summer house somewhere. Yeah, and my being, pool yeah, and exactly, my wine. Exactly. <laughs> like doing this and like put my kids in good position, hopefully yeah. put their kids, kids in good position, take care of my family, doing that. That's success to me. And that was success to me before I got in the league. Even the first couple of years when I got, when I was in the league, that wasn't what success was for me. Totally. But now, um, trying to see it from a different side, you know, I'm I'm over here like yeah as a dad I've been dad for three five years. <laughs> you know still I mean? a dad, yeah, still yeah, a dad. Yeah, but like yeah. you know, if if my you know if my kids were old enough, they're like, we want you to call it quits, and we want you to hear more. I'm you calling it quits. I'm being here more, and that's whether that's four years down the line or eight years down the line. Mm-hmm. Like when when they feel like I they're they're not getting me as a dad, it's time for me to hang it up. Absolutely, and when I hang it up, I'll still view my career as success. You mm-hmm. know, even if I didn't win a ring. Right. Because so, it's what is success. Because it's success to, you. to me. Okay. I love that. Um, I can't let you go without asking you something I have wondered for. What's up? An incredibly long time. When you were traded from the Lakers, mm-hmm. you posted a selfie smiling. Mm-hmm. Was that related to the trade from the Lakers? It was, and it was smiling through the pain because I was I, I was sick I did not want to leave I, I was I posted that as like a false front of like oh yeah I'm excited to go to New Orleans like not like I got to LA and, and my biggest thing was like, I always wanted to be in the league and be with you know at least one team for a long time I wanted a place to be to to have um as home and you know that 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 was a bummer for me to to get traded. Obviously, it was a you know you trade you know you trade for a guy like AD. Like there's no you know I didn't feel like it was disrespected or something. <laughs> yeah. It's not like I like I, got, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't get traded for a copy machine or like some cash or something like that. Like <laughs> I got traded for you know a top five player in the league at that point. But it was it was like let me let me post this. So people think like, oh, he's excited, he's happy and all that. But like, nah, deep down, I'm like, damn, I don't want to leave. I, I I love you. I love the fan base. I love the training staff. I like the coaching. You know, at that point, they just had got, uh, just hired Frank Vogel. Um, and I wanted to play with Frank. I had a conversation, you know, a couple conversations with him and I liked it. And I was just like, I didn't want to leave. And it was kind of like smiling through that and trying to put that false you know, macho front of like, yeah, I'm good. We, yeah. we up, baby. Because I think it was interpreted by people because, you know, Brandon Ingram had posted a smiling emoji mm-hmm. and then you had posted smiling. And I think most people interpreted it as 
you were happy to leave the Lakers, but you mm-hmm. were saying it was a front of like, yeah, was, I wanted to stay and I want to. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was sure it was a front because I, want, <laughs> I, I wanted, I wanted to stay in LA. I, I, I loved it there. Um, I loved the fans. Uh, that fan base was probably one of the best fan bases um, in the league. And so, so that was a bummer to me, but you know, looking back at it, I, obviously I get it. I understand it. Um, I'm happy with, you know, the time I had there. Um, but that was something that like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and obviously it's always, it always tough, you know, obviously, um, I for sure found out like when it for sure happened, obviously there was different packages of, right. you know, trading players and all that, you know, some came out, some didn't, you know, the ones that came out, I wasn't in, I was like, oh yeah, I'm lit. <laughs> I'm uh, good. Yeah, I'm LA, good. I'm <laughs> um, and then it happened that I saw for sure on Twitter, Woj tweets it. And I'm just like, it's true. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, and luckily I had, I had my podcast at that point. I was about to, I was about to uh, record an episode with Kenneth Fareed. And luckily, he was uh, deathly allergic to dogs, so um, so we didn't do it. Because if we did, my phone would have been on like airplane mode. Nobody would have. Yeah, knew. you wouldn't have even known. No, would have known until like yeah. an hour later. So um, you know that happened, but I was just like, man, let me let me post this. Let me let me fake like I'm like I'm excited. I like tweeted like we're we're the best place to get beignets. You know what I mean? I was like tweeting it like you like I'm just lying. Yeah, like I'm happy. I'm, like man, I'm playing myself, dog. I'm not trying to leave. I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving L.A. Man, I'm leaving the purple and gold. Leaving this, the the sunshine. Yeah, uh, I'm leaving all that. Like I don't want to leave that. And the people there, I was extremely close to like the training staff, Nina, yeah. Marco, Stacy, those people there. I'm like dog. I don't want to leave. Yeah. So I had to try to smile this thing. <laughs> but look, all things work out as they all, should. All things work out. Look at you now. You better get paid. There Maybe you're gonna find a, a real home. Exactly. All that's the all, things. That's all we need. A, a yes. nice, nice home. <laughs> you know. You know. If that's in New York, it's perfect. I love Hopefully it. they can figure out a, a country club membership that I can get into. <laughs> you know, so I can play. So I can play golf. You know what I mean? So, Do all the things you love. Yeah. So if there's any country clubs in New York or anything like that that want to, you know, free come, membership maybe. Yeah. No, not not even free, but just you know, let me bypass that wait list. You know, uh-huh. you can have that conversation. You Get know, me in I, there. Yeah, you know, it doesn't even have to be free. You know, I'll put, you know, I'll put up some money. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll just, add a few so that they yeah, see just, just let me just, you know, if the wait list, you know, a couple of years, just let me slide up to number, <laughs> number one on the wait list. I love it. Our fingers are fingers crossed. crossed. Um, okay, last one. We ask everybody this at mm-hmm. the end of every episode. Um, what if you weren't an NBA player, what would you be doing? Like, I would love to be a Chelsea football player. Oh my God. Okay, if so I you could, would just play soccer? I'm playing soccer. I'm playing soccer. I'm moving the lot. You know, obviously we didn't have the money. I'm over here talking about like, I had the money to go to Chipotle. And I'm like, yeah, I would, I would, I would love for us to move to London. Right? But, also, uh, I would go, you know, play on one of the best teams in like exactly, the most popular like, uh, sport <laughs> in the world. I was gonna, like, and you could probably find like some of the clips where I'm mic'd up and I, I, I like kick the ball around before every game. That's like one of my rituals. Mm-hmm. And I've said it like, yo, I wish I could play soccer. Like, yeah. I I, I oh, love football, a football, football, like you did. football. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that culture. I love um, those kind of things. If I wasn't that, um, and it had nothing to do with sports, um, I don't know. Probably maybe like a commentator or something like that. Wait, that has to do with sports. Yeah, no. <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, dang, I'm like, dang. If it's not sports, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll be like an accountant or something. I don't okay, know. I like that. Yeah, something Just like, do I it all. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> luckily, and like, 
people now are going to sit there, you know, I'm 28, you know, six years in the league. I always said I want to be down by like 35. So that's, that's what me like six, seven more years in the oh, league. Oh, yeah. People are like, what do you want to do after? I'm like, maybe do like commentating or something like that. But Honestly, I have no idea. So the first year or two, yeah, you figure boy, it out. <laughs> the kids are going to be old enough to, to be in school. Hopefully the wife does something. Hopefully at that oh, point, you she, are nine years be, in, yeah. she just wants me out the house. I'm playing golf every day. Every day. I'm chilling. I'm going to try to figure it out. You would you be know. a good commentator, though. I just, I have to say. Thanks. You really I, I would feel be. like I would be solid, but yeah. if not, I'm playing golf. I'm doing nothing. <laughs> I'm drinking wine. Well, I'm up, I'll have you over. We have. Hey, I'm here. Yeah, Let's do we, it. We Bring a have, dog. Yeah, we got dogs. You know, have a <laughs> pool day. I love kids. Some, I'll hang with Shannon and the kids. There we go. Have a nice assortment of cheeses. <laughs> look at that. Oh, charcuterie. You know what I mean? Ooh, oh, we'll be living you know, real expensive. Just hey, a soft life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then hopefully that can be somewhere where it's like I want to. I want to raise kids in Maryland or something. But, like, I love, let's do that, like, summer beach town, like, Hamptons, Manhattan Beach, <laughs> something like that. Something yeah. where it's, it's bougie, but it's super bougie. I can walk to the cheese totally, shop with my sandals yeah. on, you know what I mean? There's elements of non-bougie-ness, exactly. even though it's overall Exactly, bougie. but I don't have to feel like, you know, everyone there is well off, so I don't feel like I have to, like, sit there in front. Like, <laughs> I'm going to sit there, you know, with, with a, you know, over a white T-shirt thong sandals or something <laughs> like that. And people sitting there like, oh, hey, Josh. Hey, hey Josh. Josh. There you go. You know, wow. You have so much to look forward to, I have I, to say. I told you, once I'm yeah. done, if I'm not commentating, boy, I'm having a simple yet bougie life. Oh, I my God. It. I can't wait. Well, I have to say, whatever it is you do, you absolutely deserve. You are <laughs> truly one of my favorites. You're so kind. I don't know if we have ever had somebody ask us if we needed anything when we came. He's like, do you need drinks? Do you need food? I want no. to have, you know, be a good host. You know what I mean? Have no, water, you coffee, are probably the best host. So oh, thank you. I appreciate you coming on. You are a joy. It has been really cool to just watch you from Villanova to now. You continue to progress. I wish you nothing but the best. I appreciate you coming on. And I am now going to give you something that you never get. There we go. <laughs> High five. There we go. <laughs> Thanks so much, Josh. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was my pleasure. <laughs> 